three, two, one. Welcome back to the Anyone Can Run podcast, the podcast for those new members of the running community who want to knock out their first race, whether it's a 5K, full marathon, or anything in between. I am your host, True Bros, a.k.a. Gabe, a.k.a. the guy who won a game of Apex Legends last night with one kill between our entire squad, and I'm an NCCA-certified personal trainer, gamer, and sneakerhead who specializes in helping clients reach their health and fitness goals. This podcast is a blend of motivational words, a chronicle of my running my personal journey on the road to Gainesville, some poor attempts at humor, but above all, it's the place where we cover the marathon mindset, the running routines, and everything else you need to know to help you absolutely dominate your first race. We've talked about the various lessons running can bequeath unto you as a psychomaniac runner, including how to listen to your body and how a race training cycle can be enlightening for you both as an athlete and an overall human being. However, as we're frequently having these life discussions about reaching self-actualization and securing bling and building monster calves and quads all through the lens of our favorite sport, I've been reflecting on all the times where I was unable to run due to injury. It's a story I've relayed sporadically over the course of our conversations here, but since it serves as the best example of all of this, I think it's best to quickly relay it here to illustrate a painful lesson I acquired from running. I signed up for my first marathon with about three months notice, and I'd never been much of a distance runner prior to doing so. I'm fairly certain I never surpassed the five-mile mark prior to my dropping crazy amounts of money to sign up for the Walt Disney World 2016 Marathon. However, I was cocky confident that I could knock it out. Never having prepared for a race of that distance, it made sense to me at the time to jump straight into the Run Disney training plan, which called for a seven-mile run that weekend. Although I hadn't been running much at that time, I jumped in full throttle and did my best for the next two months to hit the prescribed mileage each weekend. Since my body nor my mind was accustomed to hitting that kind of mileage previously, I pushed through instances of minor physical pain and ended up injuring myself so much I couldn't really run in the month leading up to my first race. Not exactly the best look for someone who hadn't been there before and wasn't just dealing with the physical anxiety of not being able to complete the distance, but also the lack of self-confidence as well. Recovering both mentally and physically from injuries or setbacks is a pivotal skill developed as you're running around, logging miles, and cultivating your marathon mindset. It's very easy to say, oh, you want to get healthy? Go run and work out and eat healthy and boom, you'll be right as rain in six months. While that may be true to a certain extent, it oversimplifies our individual trajectories on the road to Gainesville and perhaps more insensitively, ignores the very real possibility each of us may run into setbacks as we begin our journey towards living a healthy and fit lifestyle. Today, we're going to talk about how to endure those times when you're coping with a physical setback, and how you can bounce back both mentally and physically to continue towards your journey of crossing the finish line of your first race in the upright position. One of the reasons I vehemently believe with every fiber of my being 
everyone should complete a full marathon at least once in your life is because I've always viewed physical fitness as something of an equalizer across the whole of humanity. I know this is going to sound quite philosophical, and believe me, it is, but hey, I'm the one who records this podcast, so I get to espouse my point of view. Anyways, we all come from different parts of the world with different backgrounds. Some of us pick things up mentally a little faster than others. Some of us are naturally a little stronger and faster. Some are just taller. But there's nothing like hard work, time, and effort to equalize human beings. And in that regard, exercise and physical fitness is something that truly anyone can accomplish. Hence the name of our here podcast. You may be naturally taller, stronger, and faster than me. But unless you're training day in and day out and you try to go run a marathon, one of us is going to finish in that upright position. And call me in sync because it's gonna be May. The way I see it, it's difficult to change things such as socioeconomic status, education level, so on and so forth. But with a decent pair of running shoes in six to nine months, most individuals who are able to walk and participate in some form of physical activity will be able to complete a half marathon. How insane is that? All it takes is time and effort and developing the discipline and work ethic you may or may not have yet. In my eyes, physical fitness is an inherent and somewhat uh, primal thing, as every human being can know the sensation of feeling physically strong, fast, and confident. And even if some people are naturally stronger or more athletic than others, for the most part, many of us are on an even playing field. Like I said at the beginning, if you're bigger than me, you're taller, you're stronger, you're faster, but you're not training for high mileage runs, when it comes to lining up at the start line, I mean, I'm the one that's going to dominate because I've been training. And that's what I mean. It's not necessarily those gifts you may or may not have. It's a learned skill, a learned muscle. And I think because the confidence which can develop from physical fitness is markedly different from that which can be earned through professional accolades or academic success or anything like that. It's why I've dedicated my content towards helping other individuals reach that mountaintop. So let's say you agree with the philosophies I'm dropping right now. You've decided, hey, I want to tackle my first race. And let's say it's a 10K, but you've never been much of a runner and you haven't really done any sort of regular physical exercise in like five years. And you found a training plan and you're ready to stick to it. Let's say your race day is in four months. And you've been training for one and you're feeling pretty dang good. And then all of a sudden you strain your calf something fierce. And you're unable to go out and pound the pavement. You know, maybe you can do a little yoga comfortably or you can stretch, but you can't go out and run. Knowing that race is in four months, right? You've been training. You go speak with a medical professional and they say, hey, it's not that bad. And you're going to be fine, but you need to lay off the strenuous exercise for six to eight weeks. Considering all of our life discussions are framed through the lens of getting healthier and stronger and finishing our first race, how on earth are we going to do that when we cannot physically run? I'm feeling like a character in an anime. Because when we're discussing overcoming something which absolutely prevents us from progressing in any meaningful manner as it relates to our exercise and physical strength and endurance, we're going to have to use every lesson we've gathered up to this point. We're going to have to leverage our mental resilience to the fullest. 
and truly keep ourselves focused to ensure when, when we're able to ease back into physical activity that we do so intelligently. It's very easy to get frustrated or dejected, and obviously I'm not just talking about your running career. Heck, if I take a step back and I spend all of two seconds thinking about times that I've felt lost or downtrodden or like I'm stuck in a rut in any number of ways, I can admit that this is something that's happened frequently over the years. For me personally, I find most of my frustration stems from the inability to create the sort of content that I want, whether that's due to technical challenges or me just being fresh out of ideas. The fact is not lost on me how fortunate I am to have those frustrations stem from what are truthfully, they're little more than creative endeavors that I engage in for fun. Apart from literally one job I've had in my entire professional career, so I've been working 10, 15, more than 15 years at this point, I'm very lucky that I've never had a workplace situation which was frustrating or war on me or anything like that. In conversing with the colleagues and friends I've kept in touch with over the years at most jobs I've had, I can reasonably conclude that my frustration as it pertains to work pretty much is always centered around not making enough or having to be on the phone. The first of which makes living challenging, and the second is just a personality quirk that I can never shake. I just absolutely detest talking on the phone. However, my colleagues would divulge a laundry list of complaints about each place they've worked. And I certainly don't attribute this to there being negative people or complainers or anything like that. I've always believed that it's likely probable that there are a number of real issues with each place they've worked. And as people who are driven and want to be the best they can and maximize their earning potential, it frustrates them to see said issues transpire. And obviously... This is a bit of an oversimplification of everything, and it's very optimistic, and I know that, but I'm not trying to keep you here for hours when you're out running or driving around or anything like that. You know, many people identify themselves with their profession for a number of reasons, and I guess it's chiefly because, you know, it's their primary source of income, they spend a majority of their time there, and, you know, people want to be good at their job and derive professional satisfaction or utility from that. And I think you can see where I'm going with this. And I'm not trying to be one of those people who are like, oh, I marched to the beat of my own drum. Or I'm just not someone you can classify or any of that touchy-feely junk. But my primary interest has always been in the endeavors I create, that I build, and that I shape with my own hands. That's where I truly derive that elusive self-fulfillment, or whatever you want to call it. And more often than not, this has come in the form of content that I create. Truth be told, it's why I created this podcast. It's not because I want to do it for a career or monetize it or anything like that, but because I have an interest in the creative process. And truly, it's an amazing feeling when someone tells me that it's helped them in some way. You know, you got to think of it as my scratching that creative itch I have, as well as deriving utility from helping people on a personal level. Like, it's very similar to what I, that feeling that I would get when I trained clients individually on full, on a personal basis full time. And I lay all this out for you, not just so you can know me, but to illustrate where I'm coming from. 
it's very important to be able to have honest conversations with yourself, such as identifying where you've opportunities to improve and realizing what your strong suits are and what your predilections are. If we're able to identify, or really, if we're even, if we're being truthful, really just admit where much of your frustration is sourced from outside the scope of running, we're able to apply those same learnings to how we cope mentally as we're trying to stay focused and gung-ho while we're dealing with an injury that prevents us from going out and engaging in an activity which for many of us is a stress reliever. Although I think this goes without saying, I'm not the sort of person who likes to leave things to chance when I'm the one using my voice to say things. I mentioned just now admitting, and that's a key word there, where your frustration stems from. This is, of course, because we're all accountable human beings who do not push off blame or anything like that. There are many times when I see something political on the news I vehemently disagree with, right? I think everybody has that, at least if you live in the U.S. But I take a breath and I choose not to have that gut check reaction that the media or the candidates or whoever are speaking is trying to elicit. Obviously, there are always going to be extenuating circumstances and specific scenarios which are at odds with that blanket assertions that yours truly is making as I sit in my closet recording a podcast on a laptop. But I know all of you psychomaniac runners are intelligent adults, and you know I'm making generalized statements here to provide some frame of reference so you can see my thought process and how I arrived at that particular conclusion, whether you agree with it or not. It's always about understanding the process in my eyes, as that helps us quote-unquote get in someone else's running shoes. So when I talk about my frustration stemming from creative projects, it's really because I know that my frustration stems from not reaching goals that I've set for myself. So when I was unable to run in the lead-up to my first marathon, it was absolutely heartbreaking for me. I knew that this Herculean task I was ill-prepared for drew closer with each day. However, I had no means to physically prepare for it. I just had to limp around work and then go home, stretch out, and not improve my muscular or cardiovascular strength and endurance. And needless to say, it was frustrating. I grew more anxious with each passing day because I knew even if I didn't have enough time to get in the shape I wanted to be in, I knew deep down in my soul I had enough time to get good enough to finish. The feeling of helplessness and my inability to prepare, coupled with the looming dread of taking on a task that I'd never done before, but knew I was ill-prepared for, took an exacting toll on my mental health over the course of the month leading up to my first race. In my eyes, this is why it's important to know what frustrates you. Because while obviously in our first race scenario, you know, the four months to train, never really ran before in five years, we're out of commission for six to eight weeks, the inability to adequately physically prepare, I would reckon, is something that's going to be universal to all of us new runners, right? If If we're training for our first race, or we're still early in our quote unquote race career and we get injured, that feeling of not being physically prepared is something I think we all understand. My anxiety and frustration was compounded not just by the fear of the unknown, aka that race distance, but because I knew this was supposed to be something I tackled solely on my own. In my head, I'd built up the race day and the training cycle 
to be kind of the embodiment of that satisfaction I derive from doing things with my own hands. So when I lost that day in and day out opportunity to challenge myself and get prepared for a race on a short time frame, I was all types of frustrated. At the time, however, I didn't realize this. It's not like I was like, ah, yes, I can see I'm not reaching the unrealistic goals I've set for myself due to the fact I bit off more than I could chew. So allow me to simply relax mentally and do my best to recover. Nah, 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 nah. I was all types of frustrated and anxious. And while it's very easy to think, well, you know, maybe if I'd done this differently or talked about this or whatever, it might have improved things for me. However, I'm pragmatic and I know myself. And I genuinely believe unless I'd been immersed in a group of people I knew very well and I valued their opinion and I knew that they'd been there before, odds are, even if I had been forced to realize that or just cope with the fact that all of my anxiety was self-induced, it wouldn't have been much help. I'm the kind of person who needs to realize these things on their own. And it's why I do my best to be so descriptive when I'm laying out my reasoning and my thought process and these specific aspects of my personality. My query for you, dear runner, is fairly straightforward. If you know what frustrates you when it comes to literally everything else in your life, if you know what bothers you when it comes to work, to family, to school, and naturally, you know, when we talk about these things outside of running, I'm referring to things you allow to get under your skin and nothing, you know, catastrophic or super bad or anything like that. If you know how your mind works and you respond to certain negative stimuli, at least you know how you would respond, What's to say that same logic and realization can't be applied to your running endeavors? Why shouldn't that be relevant to running? I know our conversation today has primarily been focused on knowing who we are as individuals, but I personally believe that that is the most important that that I hate saying that. I don't know why I just did. Anyways, I think that knowing who you are as an individual is the most important aspect of bouncing back from setbacks or injuries. And that's not only pertinent to running, especially when we're viewing something as black and white as running is, because, you know, you're either running or you aren't. It can be very easy to dismiss the mental component of our approach. However, as we've discussed, the marathon mindset is something which takes time to cultivate and the discipline and the resilience and all the other things you get out of it are invaluable. When you're injured, it's easy to get frustrated due to the inability to go out and run and to get that physical gratification of knowing you're getting stronger or at the very least improving in some way, shape, or form. However, there are still opportunities to improve our resolve and our ability to focus when we're out of commission. Devoting too much thought to how your injury occurred is an exercise in futility in my humble opinion, but the operative word there is to, T-O-O. We should absolutely be cognizant of what our injury stemmed from, especially if it resulted from recklessness. I've always expressed to my clients, I believe it is much more physically challenging to run a high-octane, full-speed, high-impact 5K than it is to complete a full marathon. 
However, it is much more mentally challenging to run a marathon because you have to be absolutely dialed in and focused on a repetitive, monotonous motion for hours at a time while you steadily become more and more physically fatigued. This is why we always stress the marathon mindset over the course of our conversations here. Because the ability to stay singularly focused on one thing for literally hours on end is absolutely a learned skill. And it's one that takes quite some time to develop. In my limited experience of working with a few handfuls of clients as a certified personal trainer over the years, I've found most of those who were focused on running because, you know, you have some clients that don't love running and some that love weightlifting or what have you. Those who were focused on running or were primarily runners who experienced an injury did so because one of two things happened. One of the reasons, and I'm very proud to say that this only happened with two clients, is my clients pushed their bodies when they had inklings that something can go wrong. Much like myself who ignored slight twinges in my calf, which didn't hurt, but were something I never felt before, and I should have taken them as a sign that something was amiss, those people chose to not listen to their bodies when they should have. Instead of going beyond a plus ultra and reaching a new limit like all might, they pushed themselves too hard and resulted in what will actually happen in real life and not in anime, and that's run the risk of injury. If we've discussed it once, we've said it a thousand times over the course of our conversations here at Anyone Can Run. The most important thing we can learn as distance runners is how to listen to our bodies. And much like I was boneheaded and cocky confident, even a couple of my clients opted to not heed my warnings and suffered a similar fate. But fortunately, their injuries were minor and they were able to run within a week. And I think the second one was maybe two weeks or 10 days or something like that. The other scenario which caused my clients to sustain injuries was much more common, unfortunately, and in my eyes, much more difficult to prevent. Unfortunately, it's a practical rea reality that sometimes injuries such as muscle strains occur without warning. That being said, in my personal experience and from the conversations I've had with my clients, sometimes, and I know we're making generalized statements here, but we're all adults and you know what I mean, sometimes we can feel something coming on. That's where listening to our body becomes extremely important, as if we're smart and listen, we can hopefully stave off potential injury, but sometimes things happen. In that same vein, sometimes the other scenario strikes, where we trip, we fall, the ground gives out, our feet land wrong, our knees lock up, you know, something crazy happens. There are a litany of potential accidents that can occur, and these are things you don't see coming. However, we're not just going to toss our hands up in the air and say, oh no, it couldn't be helped. Obviously, sometimes that's the case. Sometimes we're doing everything right and something goes wrong. We don't control everything and there's no sense in beating yourself up over something that's a quote-unquote act of God or just an accident, whatever you want to call it. That being said, in the conversations I've had with those clients who were injured because they tripped, they fell, whatever happened, they will admit a majority of the injuries they sustained as part of distance running, namely rolled ankles or tripping over something, resulted from a lapse in mental focus, most of which only lasts like a second or so, but that's all it takes. When you're running high mileage and or for hours on end, 
naturally, we're going to get dehydrated and tired and worn out. However, if we're listening to our bodies and we're smart and we're sticking to our hydration and our fueling plan, with time, the physical component of that, right, our bodies will adapt to the rigors of such intense running. Our mental resolve will also strengthen as well and allows us to maintain our focus. Because when you're worn out, it's very easy to lose focus. But the second you stop paying attention to what you're physically doing is the moment your potential for injury due to negligence goes up exponentially. I know these are very generalized statements, which I'm not the biggest fan of. But you psychomaniac runners are, you know, smart people. And you can probably infer where I'm coming from, or at least trying to come from, if that makes sense. We want to be cognizant of what our injury stemmed from. However, over the duration of the period where we're unable to go out and rack up miles, we don't want to focus on it too much, as this will make the day you're ready to resume running that much more difficult. The last thing we want to do is negatively impact our mindset in any way, because enduring physical pain or injury already puts enough of a damper on our minds. I know whenever I'm in physical pain, it gets much more difficult for me not only to maintain a positive outlook, but to focus on anything other than how I'm physically feeling, and that's the absolute worst. Just as we train our bodies to prepare for the rigors of distance running, we need to steel our minds to weather the storm of injury. I've worked with clients who sustained injuries and or came down with illnesses, and I could see that struggle, that dejection, the depression, whatever you want to call it, when they couldn't run or train. For many of us who have endeavored to live a healthy and fit lifestyle, running and working out is our personal time to really stress, to clear our heads, whatever you want to call it. Losing that routine and ability to work out our frustration can absolutely have a detrimental effect on us physically and mentally. So while we're injured or otherwise unable to run, it's important to keep our minds occupied. We need to keep ourselves focused. As just as we'll be losing some physical conditioning, we don't want to run the risk of losing the mental toughness we've developed over the course of our training. Especially if you're new to running or early on in your training cycle, the mindset of running a routine may be something you're still getting accustomed to. I've always believed it's of the utmost importance if you find your reason to run and you commit to making the fundamental life changes necessary to help you live healthy and fit, one of the single biggest favors you can do yourself is to make working out an integral part of your daily routine, just like going to work, showering, having your morning coffee, or playing Apex Legends for a couple hours each night. This helps you shift your mental priorities, which can make planning your day easier. However, if you're unable to work out, the last thing we want to do is lose those healthy habits we've committed to. I know when I was unable to train in the month leading up to my first race, I personally did not use my newfound free time in the most productive of ways. I'd watch TV or live stream or create content. And while all of those are obviously valid uses of my personal leisure time, none of them helped me on my journey towards living a healthy and fit lifestyle. Prior to my big calf strain, which kept me out of commission for an extended period of time, my quads and hamstrings bothered me regularly. Not only that, my knees and my ankles were constantly throbbing. 
I never warmed up. I never did any sort of yoga or resistance training or stretching during that time period. Nor did I read any articles on how to recover from extended runs. I just iced constantly, pounded protein shakes, and endeavored to log all the miles I could in preparation of race day, no matter what. Before and when I was injured, the only thing I ever focused on was the physical component. Because of that, my mental state was all types of bad. I'd beat myself up over not being prepared, despite, you know, signing up for a race I wasn't prepared for. And I'd lament the fact that I couldn't train, even though that was out of my hands at that point. Fast forward to after my race, and after I'd adequately recovered, which took a few weeks, even though I was inspired and motivated to take on another race to make up for what I felt was a poor showing, I had a lot of trouble getting back into the rhythm of working out regularly. I remember at the time... Chalking it up to the fact the weather was cold and work had gotten more stressful and a few other things. But in the couple of months where I was able to train regularly, I had no trouble adjusting my schedule to incorporate running. Even though it was the winter, so sunlight was at a premium, and I was typically spending hours each day in traffic. In hindsight, I hurt myself not just physically when I was injured, but mentally as well. I lost the intense focus I had preparing for the race and really just beat myself up and felt down about the whole situation. I sort of slipped into that whole woe is me type feeling and it was not a good time. In hindsight, I should have used the time where I wasn't working out to read up and gain more knowledge on the whole marathon experience to shift my focus towards fueling during the race, learning how to recover, how to stretch, all that type of stuff. There was so much time I wasted. And while it wasn't wasted in the sense of my not doing something I enjoyed, I could have been serving the goals I wanted to. And in hindsight, I didn't do myself any favors. It feels odd to say this about such a pivotal moment in my life, but it was dumb luck I completed my first marathon. Not to take anything away, because obviously I powered through those grueling 26.2 miles. But it was sheer luck that I responded aggressively and quote-unquote positively to the entire situation I found myself in at mile 17 in the ESPN wide world of sports. If you're interested in that whole story, you can pop back in the archives where I run through the whole experience. But suffice it to say, if all other things were equal, and I had that experience a day or two later, or a year earlier, it could have gone completely different, and I probably would have thrown in the towel. While I ultimately reached my goal of crossing the finish line of my first marathon in the upright position, it also manifested a particularly unhealthy portion of my personality. I began to internalize all the frustrations I had. And while it helped me fuel and get out and go run and develop discipline, I was so focused on the physical component that when I'd skip a workout or need to take time off to recover, that resentment would grow. It wasn't until months or really even a couple years after that first race experience where I became cognizant of the impact my mindset was having on me. And as you can imagine, that was yet another motivating factor for me kicking off our podcast here. Bouncing back from injury is not a difficult thing to do as long as your priorities are in order. And I can readily admit it took a long time for me to get them straight. Our journey on the road to Gainesville, needs to always be progressing in a single direction, and that's forward. There will 
inevitably be times where we're unable to run or unable to train due to extenuating circumstances. But we cannot allow the inability to train to prevent us from moving forward. Just because we're unable to improve our physical strength doesn't mean we don't have the opportunity to improve our mental resilience, which is, in my humble opinion, the true benefit of developing the marathon mindset. As long as when we're injured or when we're out of commission, we bear in mind how we sustained our injury, adhere to the individualized advice given to us by our medical professionals, and brainstorm or research how to train appropriately, we are progressing on our personal journey towards living a healthy and fit lifestyle, even while we're spending some time on the sideline. I appreciate you spending some time with me today, and I hope you're seeing what I see, that truly anyone can run. We drop new episodes every other Monday, so make sure you smash that subscribe button. If you've ever got questions or ideas for a topic you'd like covered in a future episode, feel free to hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at AnyoneCanRunPod. If you enjoy Anyone Can Run, notify a fellow runner or someone who wants to kick off their journey on the road to Gainesville so we can all help one another reach our goal of living a healthy and fit lifestyle. It also helps when you leave a quick rating and review in your podcast app of choice to help us reach our goal of dominating the charts. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Anyone Can Run podcast, and if you did, don't forget to pound that subscribe button. If you didn't enjoy it well, you get what you pay for, and regardless, I look forward to seeing you on the road to Gainesville.